In this episode, I wanted to celebrate the vulva. I spend some time talking about the vagina. I talk a bit about the labia, more colloquially known as the lips. There's a bit about the mons pubis and I finish up with some clitoral appreciation. As always, it's a short but sweet injection of sex education my way. There may be the odd swear here and there, so listener discretion is necessary. The vulva is an amazing piece of kit. If you own one, consider yourself blessed. And whilst I have absolutely no intention of making those that don't own one feel inferior, let's be real. Having a vulva is absolutely where it's at. First of all, because I'm anal, pause. I'm anal when it comes to terminology. I feel it's important to note that the vulva is the correct, all-encompassing term when referring to a woman's downstairsy bits. Normally you hear people say vagina and that's generally the vulva that they're referring to. The vulva actually includes the vagina, which as I said, is generally what people call the vulva. The vagina is actually the tube between the vulva and the cervix. So it's the bit where the penis, the finger, you know, the sex toy, the dildo, whatever it is, goes in or where the baby or menstrual blood comes out. That's the vagina. It's a tube. Now, if you've heard me bleat on about this before, let me apologise now. You know what? Actually, let's use the vagina as our starting point on why the vulva is so wondrous. Imagine this tube has the ability to accommodate a penis. It can also allow a baby to pass through, but it also has the ability to keep something as small as a tampon or a menstrual cup firmly in place and that's without it being able to slip out provided it's inserted correctly. Anybody that's used a tampon will know that shit ain't moving until you pull it out. So how are we doing this? How are vulva owners doing this? How is the vagina doing this? Okay picture this, when the vagina is not aroused it's not really looking like a tube because the walls are sort of flattened. This is because of the surrounding organs basically putting pressure on it and things like the tissues from the cervix, everything's just involved. So the vagina actually looks or probably looks more like a flattened kind of toilet roll at this point. Imagine, you know, when you get like the toilet roll when it's finished or the, the toilet roll is finished and you've got the cardboard tube inside. Imagine if you squeeze that flat, it kind of forms almost like a W shape. That's more what the vagina looks like when it's flattened, when it's not aroused. And so because of the pressure that is applied with it being flattened and it's all round kind of flexibility, a tampon or a menstrual cup can basically sit snugly for hours or for as long as it needs to. So what about a baby moving through it? Okay, so the vaginal walls actually have folds. Think of like a paper fan. You know like when you when you were younger and you used to make fans out of paper, you used to fold, flip over, fold, flip over, fold, flip over. And then you open it up and you've got that kind of like accordion looking kind of zigzaggy kind of design. The walls of the vagina are a little bit like that. So these folds stretch enough to basically allow a baby to pass. Like the folds in itself are extra give, if you like. When you stretch it out, you still get the ridges, but it's wider, you know, it's stretched. It's, it's more expansive. It takes up more space. Like a vagina is crazy amazing. It's so flexible and that's obviously because there's muscles involved, there's also collagen 
and elastin fibers. All these lay underneath the mucosal tissue. Now the mucosal tissue is, okay, imagine the kind of tissue that lines your mouth. You know, when you run your, run your tongue around your mouth, you've got that kind of soft kind of tissue and it's very similar to what you find in your nose. That's the mucosal tissue that you'd find in your vagina as well. As most of us know, when aroused, the vagina releases fluids. That aids lubrication, but it's not just for sex. Even on a day-to-day -day basis, the vagina keeps itself fully moisturized. And this basically keeps everything nice, keeps everything healthy, keeps everything tickety-boo. During sex, the vagina does bits. Let me tell you, it does bits. The increased blood flow to the genitals causes the vaginal tissue to become engorged. And as the owner gets more excited, the vagina itself begins to expand length and width ways. That's crazy, right? Imagine it. So you're getting turned on and it's just like, raw, here we go, baby. Here we go. We're going to expand out her. <laughs> that makes it sound really grim. But no, it's actually not really grim. It's actually amazing. It's actually fantastical. I guess my way of illustrating things are a little bit off key sometimes, but you know what I'm trying to say. As the vagina owner gets more excited, the vagina expands. You know, it's in context. The vagina itself is massively impacted by hormone level changes. And during pregnancy, for example, the vagina and the vulva can actually take on a deeper color. As the vagina ages, its walls can become more relaxed and the diameter of the vagina can actually become wider. This confuses many people because they kind of believe that this is the vagina becoming loose or some such rubbish. Just to say, the width of a vaginal canal has absolutely no wavering on the tightness of the vagina because the actual tightness that people are referring to relates to the pelvic floor muscles and they sit at the base of the vagina. At the base of the vagina, you've got the pelvic wall. Those are the muscles that you kind of work when you, when you do Kegels. They're the muscles that kind of decide, for want of a better expression, whether a vagina is tight or not. Although I really hate the concept of a vagina being referred to as tight or not. It is what it is and it does what it does. Do you know what I mean? But people do, people say what they say. So we all know when people refer to is the vagina tight, what they're referring to or, well, what we think they're referring to, in actual fact, they're referring to what's happening with the pelvic floor muscles. So yeah, so as someone gets older and their walls get thinner and um, more relaxed, this doesn't mean that sexual satisfaction or anything that's happening with the vagina during sex as such is, is affected. Let's cut to the chase. A man can still feel those walls, okay? Even if her walls are more relaxed. Let's move it along. But before we do, I just wanna say one thing that age can do. Age can actually leave a vulva owner more susceptible to vaginal dryness. And actually, cheap, 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 cheeky plug. I wrote an article for Frolic Me about vaginal dryness and it was just kind of like discussing what can happen to women. Yeah, it was more of an educational piece. Well, it was an educational piece. It wasn't more like, it was an, edu an educational piece talking about vaginal dryness. And it also explained that it doesn't necessarily only occur when someone gets older. It can happen for a variety of different reasons. In fact, I'm not gonna tell you any more, go and read it. Go to frolicme.com, check out the magazine tab, and you can read the article there as well. And another thing that I just wanna mention while we're here, can we all stop being so silly? Like when people talk about things that affect vaginas, breasts, bodies, just whatever in general, that does not mean that that person themselves is affected by the condition of which they speak of. People need to be more open-minded. A lot of people out there do suffer with some things. Now, if I wanna talk about that, 
That doesn't mean that I suffer with it, but from an educational perspective, as someone that wants to educate on sex and health and relationships, I'm going to talk about everything across the board. Heck, I might even talk about having a having a penile erection. What are you trying to say? I got a dick too. No, I haven't. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to add that in as well because people are so silly. Okay, so where were we? Vaginas. Yeah, so vaginas can be affected by age, as I said. As the vagina does age, it can be more susceptible to vaginal dryness, but not exclusively because of age. Uh, but when it is to do with age, it's usually because estrogen levels uh, tend to drop after menopause and the vaginal walls become thinner and there are less vaginal secretions that occur. All right. So I feel like the whole vagina vulva thing is clear. We know what's what to a point. So let's keep it moving. Let's talk about more reasons why a vulva is extraordinary. The vulva can come in a range of colours and shades. It's like picking a paint for your wall. There is no ideal colour. It is just what it is. Heck, they can come from anything from pink to dark brown to purple and everything in between. And of course, it will depend on your skin tone. That will have a wavering. But that doesn't necessarily mean if you're someone that's darker, that you're going to have an even darker vulva. It doesn't necessarily go like that. You could just have a vulva that is the same colour as the rest of your body. Someone that's lighter in complexion may find that their vulva is a lot darker. So there's no rhyme or reason how it goes. It just goes the way it does. And that's absolutely fine. Actually, for many vulvas, it is darker than the rest of them. And it can darken even further when you're sexually aroused. And that's because of all the blood that's rushing to the area. Imagine everything's popping off in that region. It's like, woof, a massive blood rush. It deepens, it darkens. It's like when you get embarrassed. Imagine, it's like when you get embarrassed. And, if, and you know when, when you like blush? and your cheeks go red and flush, that's because the blood is rushing to your face and you're feeling hot and you're embarrassed and you get a little redness. So it's a similar thing, in a similar way, that's what happens to the vulva. What about the lips? Oh, the lips. Some are fat, some are thin, some are in, some are out, some are hairy, some are, I mean, where do you start? There are so many variations and quite frankly, that's what's so great. There's no one specific type, yet worryingly, and, I guess it's mostly thanks to porn, a lot of women feel really insecure about their lips, their vaginal lips. I think, sadly, a lot of people that don't have access to viewing a range of vaginal lips, medically known as labia, by the way, they use porn as the standard of what's normal. And to be honest, I think it's safe to say that porn never really gives a true depiction of normal healthy bodies, does it? Like, let's be honest. A lot of it is nipped, then it's tucked, it's polished, it's made over, it's airbrushed, it's shot at certain angles. It's, oh my gosh, it's just endless what they do to make something look, quote unquote, perfect. The reality is the labia majora, which is the outer lips, and the labia minora, which are the inner lips, definitely vary. I mean, if we're on social media, we've probably seen posts of different types of fanny lips. And in some instances, people are actually shocked to discover the variety. But that's exactly what we're dealing with. Variety. I mean, real variety. Like, as I said, exposed inner lips, some tucked away, some are asymmetrical inner lips, some are asymmetrical outer lips. The combo really is unlimited. There is no definitive amounts of just no. Whatever you've got going on, it's normal. The mons pubis. I feel like the mons pubis isn't really something people talk about too tough. It's like 
yeah, it's there, but I don't think, well, there's no real appreciation for, I mean, obviously it's part of a vulva, vulva owner's body, but ultimately I guess, yeah, I don't really, when we talk about, or when I hear people talking about vulvas, it's normally the usual and mons pubis randomly gets brought into the equation, but it's another part of the vulva. It's actually the, the fatty tissue that covers the pubic bone, you know, at the top, sort of in front of, yeah, where your lips kind of start. It's the bit that the pubic hair grows from. The name itself, mons pubis, literally translates as pubic mound in Latin. And yeah, it's just there as part of the body. It doesn't necessarily have any sexual function, but because it's a part of the body, it's just as important as any other part. <sighs> it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. I don't feel we could talk about the vulva without talking about quite possibly the most celebrated part, or at least it should be, the only organ in the human body designed purely for pleasure and nothing more. Think I'm gonna need a drum roll. my really crappy drum roll. Licked down everything in the process. I'm talking about the clitoris. Now, I did a whole episode on this a few weeks back. So to avoid literally quoting myself over, let me just summarise real quick. The clit is queen. There you go. Done. <laughs> Joke. There is more. A whole lot more. But seriously, the clit is genuinely queen. The clit is genuinely queen. I'm not joking when I say that. I mean, we are talking 8,000 nerve endings, double the amount in the tip of a man's penis, just by the way. And imagine, what you see down there is literally the tip of a truly stupendous iceberg. Like, the clit is so much more than what you see. And I'm not going to get into the whole penetration stimulating the clitoris from the inside. But yeah, that's what it do. The clit can be a source of so much pleasure and fun. And actually, up to 75% of women can't actually orgasm without having their clit stimulated. Yet most are able to orgasm through clitoral stimulation alone. And let me just say, a woman that experiences a clitoral orgasm can be treated, oh yeah, definitely treated, to anything between three and 16 contractions. And they usually last between 10 to 30 seconds during the orgasm. Now take into consideration that many women can have multiple orgasms, which can also include like pelvic contractions. That just blows your mind. Like I can't even, I don't even think I have enough adjectives to describe what that can do to you. It's just mind blowing is probably the, the best way of describing it. When women say they have mind blowing multiple orgasms, they've usually had their clit stimulated hugely somewhere in and amongst all of that. But if you want to hear more about the clit, please check out episode four of this podcast. It's literally dedicated to the clit and it's called The Clit is Queen. So go and check that out. It's, it's quite an interesting episode, actually. Oh, man. The vulva is utterly awesome. And I, I just wanted to share just a little bit about each amazing external component, because obviously that's not the whole female genitalia in its entirety, but it's uh, a few of the the, the external components, let's say. What did we look at? We we talked about the vagina. We spoke about the mons pubis, the lips and the clit. Yeah, that's essentially what most people are familiar with, like without kind of getting too scientific. But yeah, I enjoyed this episode. I particularly enjoyed talking about clits, even though it wasn't much. But I like the fact that it's just crazy how many nerve endings there are in that one little 
<laughs> because it is kind of little. Even if you've got a, a large clitoris, it's still little by comparison to the rest of your body. But it brings huge amounts of pleasure. Endless amounts of pleasure. It is literally a love button. So yeah, I can talk about that all day, but I'm not going to because that's just boring. So yeah, ladies, honestly, I would just like to say, love what you've got. It is worth its weight in gold and then some. Guys, if you're with someone that has a vulva, cherish that shit. And ladies, if you're with another vulva owner, then you need to cherish that shit too, because hmm, it's amazing. You know what? I'm going to go back and count the amount of times I've said amazing, because I think it's a lot in this episode, but it's amazing. Simple. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's amazing. But on that bombshell, I'm going to leave it there for now. If you enjoyed this episode, please do check out all my previous ones. And yeah, you can hook me up on the socials. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Find me there. Also, I'm on TikTok as well. Little bite-sized bits of uh, sex education. All Cheryl's World. S-H-E-R-R-Y-L-S World. Check out my website, Cheryl'sWorld.com. All the information for everything I do is on there too. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Until next time, 